I believe in spontaneous travel and also not planning too much to leave opportunities like that open to take because that's when the real magic happens those are like when I think to, back to all of my amazing travel stories it's when like nothing I could have planned welcome to the travel stories podcast where we bring you immersive inspiring and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world here is your host Hayden Lee. Spontaneity. Doing things without thinking. Doing things before you think about the consequences. Doing things by running off your gut and seeing what feels good and just going with it. Now, to most people, spontaneity is a desirable trait, something that screams, this person knows adventure. This person has seen and tasted adventure. Maybe adventure can only come about through spontaneity. It can turn out bad being spontaneous with your thoughts and actions. If you don't think about the situation that you're going into, maybe it could turn out bad. But what I've seen the most is being spontaneous with your actions and saying yes to the opportunities that arise and trusting your gut feeling often brings us that adventure that we speak about, that we long for, that we come on to podcasts and tell stories about. Our guest today is Kristen Sarah. You can find her on YouTube under the channel Kristen Sarah. Oddly enough, her videos are some of the most fun travel videos I have ever seen. And her blog over at hopscotchtheglobe.com is equally as fantastic. She's an absolute joy to talk to. And today she brings with her a story from one of my favorite places in the entire world. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. You're listening to to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Kristen Sarah. Kristen, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, I'm really, really good. Thanks. Really, really good. Whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? Um, I just got back to Toronto, which is where I'm based right now, but I was in Thailand, Indonesia, and Vietnam uh, about a week ago, and I'm heading to Germany in another week from now. Nice. So that Thailand, Indonesia, Vietnam, those three, man, it's such a good combination. I think, did you do it Thailand, then Indonesia, and then Vietnam? Which way around did you do it? Uh, we went to Thailand and then Vietnam and Indonesia and then back to Thailand for a couple of days. Ah, nice. See, I did it the other way around. I was in, I was in Indonesia and a guy said, hey, you should go, go through Vietnam on a bike. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. And then from there, it's like, well, I'll go to Thailand. And I love that part of the world because it's like, you'll be in, you'll be in Thailand or you'll be somewhere and you'll go, well, I could just, I could just hop over there <laughs> into a completely it, different it's country. Great. And it's cheap too. Like flying is even cheaper than taking a train sometimes or bus. And, um, it's just, and every country is so different, different food, different customs, different people, different landscapes. Um, yet it's so close together. So it's pretty, it's pretty great. Absolutely. It's really, really weird how that, how that happens with some clusters of countries, but then you have others where they're, they're quite similar when they're grouped together. It's really weird how that happens. So here's a question, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, you've got to pick one. You've got to pick one. Which one? <laughs> um, I have a, I have a sweet spot for Thailand. Uh, I've been, I think five times now, and it's just one of those places that is comfortable to me yet different than like growing up in Canada, completely different um, in so many different ways. The food is incredible. 
Uh, there's, there's so much to explore. I know it's more on the touristy side, but at the same time, there's like all these off the beaten paths that, uh, places that you can find. And it just, it's all around awesome. Like I could spend a long time there. <laughs> Absolutely. And you said that it's, it's very different to where you grew up and very different to where you're from. Is that yeah. something that you, is that something that you look for when you're choosing like where to go and everything like this? Is it something that you go, well, that's going to be a real big change from, from here? Or was it initially? Cause it may have changed now. Initially, was that what you were looking for? Um, yeah. I mean, as a traveler, I, I, I crave those moments where I feel out of my comfort zone um, because that's what's exciting, right? It's something that's different and it's a new experience and it can be something very subtle to something on like a larger scale. So that's why I travel. I don't, I don't travel to eat the same foods I do at home or do the same things I do here. I travel to learn about different ways of life and, and immerse myself in that. Absolutely, man. And it's all about the, well, I think it's, for me, it's all about the immersion into that. And you've uh, lived and worked in different countries as well. Would you see, would you say that's, that's a, a lot different to traveling through, even if you're traveling through for a very long time? Would you say living and working there is, is, you know, how different would you say that is? Absolutely. Um, I, living, working, volunteering, or like I've lived in, with host families as well is very different than just visiting a place for a short time or hopping from one city to another within a place. Um, because when you're living somewhere, you're, you're living in a specific area and you're really getting to know that neighborhood and the people and you make friends. Um, and, and you're like at, at a, at a job every single day, the same job. So it becomes your life. Hmm. Uh, whereas if you're traveling just around a country, you're hopping from place to place to place, you don't really get to experience that, like these, these places as a local would, um, just because you're moving around all the time, which is exciting as well, but, and, and exhausting, um, when you're living in a place, it, it it's uh it feels more like you you develop a routine even though it's kind of different you know oh yeah no i know exactly what you mean it's like it's like if you're visiting there then it's kind of like a destination that you're passing through and it seems quite transient and 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 things like this but then like you say when you're living there it has it has become the place that it is it hasn't changed at all but your mindset when thinking about the place has changed now you're i don't know maybe it's a little more um, i don't want to say the word real but maybe it's a more real view of that place you know for sure, you're because you're experiencing it as, as the locals do, and you're you're living amongst the locals. You're not just staying in hotels or hostels and being surrounded by more travelers. You're you would be living in a place in a neighborhood um, and getting to know like the local people, even the, a new language as well, so you can communicate. Mm, yeah, totally. Do you ever? Do you ever kind of get that feeling when you come back to, you know, back to where you're from? If you go back to Toronto, do you, and you've been away for quite a, quite a long time, do you ever feel like you're just visiting, you're just passing through and it, it kind of brings a new feeling to it? Do you ever get that? Um, yeah, I always say that I'm always traveling. So even when I'm home, I'm traveling. Like I'm, I'm in a city, I'm experiencing, I'm having new experiences, I'm meeting at different places, I'm meeting new people, all the stuff that I'm doing when I'm in another country and because I'm always, I'm always traveling and coming back home, like going back or home and I'm, I'm doing like rotation yeah. uh, with my fingers, but it, it, I'm like, I'm always traveling. I just come back 
to Canada the most. You know, I'm visiting Canada the, the most. <laughs> yeah. so that's how I feel at this point. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's like just passing through, you know, yeah. <laughs> no roots, yeah. just, just flying on by, you know, just passing through. I like that. I kind of like that. Cause it's like, do you, do you also feel uh, kind of nomadic in that sense? Like you have no kind of home base, even though you may have a little bit of a base in Toronto, it's somewhere where, like you say, you do visit more frequently than others. Do you feel as nomadic as, as you are? <laughs> um, no, I, I, do feel like I have a home and a base. Like I've, I've, uh, I've had a place in Toronto for the past, I think like eight years now, um, with a break in between, actually it was traveling for a year straight, but uh, I, I love after a trip coming back here, all my stuff is here. I think it's because my stuff is here, like my clothes and like things that I've collected over, like through my travels and stuff that I had when I was growing up. That's what makes this place feel homey. Mm. Um, so I definitely do feel like I have a base, although, um, now I'm actually, I only have a week left in, in my apartment and, um, I just bought an Airstream, which is those like metallic RVs, uh, yeah, the big circular. Husband. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And we're going to be moving into that full time and living in that when we're here. Oh, that's so cool. That's yeah. So awesome. it's like officially something that's ours. We're not just renting. So I think that's going to feel like home more than any other place. Ah, oh, how exciting. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be yeah. so cool. And I imagine yeah. you're going to be doing a load of videos uh, when you've got that and when, you, when oh, you're living yeah. in that, Matt. Absolutely. We already did one and people are loving it and really excited with the tiny house movement and people are become, there's more people that are becoming minimalists and seeing that appeal, which is amazing because to me, that's what's most important is connection and being in nature and less about material things. Um, so I'm, I'm glad people are interested in that and I'm glad that's the way we're going, the direction we're going, um, to be living. And so what we'll, we're going to have a home, but we can move and, and have different backyards whenever we want. So there's that travel feeling to it. <laughs> that's totally cool. It's like, it's like, you know, the old comedian, George Carlin, he used to say that, that your house and your home, all it is, is just your stuff with a cover on it. It's just a place to keep all your stuff, you know? And if the place to keep all your stuff, which is your home and your house, is able to move around, how cool is that, man? Very cool. <laughs> I love it. So the the places that you seem to go, man, I've been checking out your videos for a, a long while now. I've been checking hey, them out for a long thank while. Thank you. There's so much. See, this is what I was going to say. There's so much fun that is the big thing that comes out in these videos and comes out in in kind of your I don't want to say style of travel because it changes ever so often but but in your style of travel and in your in your videos the fun is the key word I think I think adventure would also be in there but fun I think tops it you know well yeah life's supposed to be fun if you're not having fun then you need to reevaluate some things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly it just think right now are you having fun if not do something else yeah exactly exactly you gotta have fun and enjoy your life and everything you're doing so what's the point if you're not that's exactly it like a common a common answer to the to the question what's the meaning of life a common answer is just to have fun until the end and surely if that is the answer then man i think you're nailing it you know of course. And that doesn't necessarily just mean you have to travel that fun. It can be whatever you're doing as long as you're happy and enjoying it. And uh, that's what's most important. Absolutely. I love that way of looking at life. I absolutely love that. And speaking of which, do you have a story for us today? Uh, sure. I have many stories. <laughs> I thought you would. Um, one of my favorites, though, um, I feel like a lot of my stories come from India. Mm. And if you could give this story a name, what would you call it? 
I would have to call it Dancing for an Indian King. Brilliant. I love it so much. Right, then you're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Kristen Sarah with Dancing for an Indian King. I um, was in a place called Pushkar in Rajasthan. I had been walking down the street and met another traveler. We stopped and talked for a bit, and then he told me he was running late for a drumming class. I wanted to join him, and I thought, that's cool, why not? So I went to this drumming class, and along while we were walking there, he was telling me about the teacher and how this teacher is like known around the world for being one of the best uh, tabla players and he's just like this renowned drummer and I'm like that's really really cool I'm excited to like hear you guys play so I went and um, I was with another friend and we were listening to this drumming class happening and met the teacher And as they were drumming, like we were kind of just like sitting down, kind of swaying back and forth, dancing. The teacher would look back at us a couple times and just like smile here and there. And then uh, at one point he's like, oh, you like to dance? Are you a dancer? I'm like, oh, I wouldn't say we're dancers, but like we like to dance. And after that drumming class, he um, invited us to an Indian wedding. And of course, if you're in India and you get invited to an Indian wedding, you can only say yes. So of course I said yes, my friend uh, agreed as well. And five days later, we met back at the drumming school and there were about, I think, eight of us, eight foreigners and three locals and the drummers and all the drums and we were all crammed into this tiny vehicle that like was meant for like five people and we drove an, about an hour into the desert to a town that like never sees westerners so we were surrounded several times when we stopped the car for like chai um, by the locals just like looking at us like they had never like we were like aliens um, and so curious which was really cool. We stopped and talked with them for a bit um, and then continued on our journey. So we're about like an hour and a half into this desert and we end up at this village um, with these locals, like anything could happen. We don't have like reception, <laughs> anything could happen. We we're fully clothed, um, yet we were told we weren't clothed enough for this village because they're very traditional and religious. So even though I had a long sleeve shirt on, a long sleeve pants, um, along with my friends, the other foreigners, they told the girls that we had to put on more layers of clothes. So we're like, ended up in this little hut with like four windows. And in each window, there's these local kids peering through the windows, like staring at us, so interested. And we're like putting layers of clothes over our clothes already until we were like, they gave us the okay. And then we were brought into this um, ceremony where this Indian wedding was happening. It was kind of like the pre-celebrations though, what we would call the bachelor bachelorette. And what happens is the males and the females are separated. So the females were on the property further away doing their thing, which was like uh, dancing and talking. 
and the males were drinking and like talking with each other. The drum teacher tells us that they're going to be drumming and we can sit behind them. They're going to be performing for a king, but before we do this, we must go and bow to the king. And we're like, the king? So yeah, he's the king of the village is here. I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is crazy, very cool. Like just follow my lead, do exactly as I do. So we followed, we like did the namaste, hands together, and bowed our heads to the king and sat down. So the, the drummers and his like the drummer guy and his his students, they, they start drumming and performing for the king and the groom and all of his friends. The other foreign, the girls that I was with who were just sitting there and watching, they all went to the washroom. I was the only one left. And um, all of a sudden the teacher, as he's drumming, turns back to me and uh, he goes, okay, you're on. And I was like, like what, what does that mean? <laughs> he's like, you have to dance. They're expecting you to dance. And I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 no. That is, that is absolutely not happening. He turns around again to me. He's got like sweat dripping down his face. He's like, you must dance. They're expecting you to dance. The king, like, it's here to see you dance. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe this was happening. Um, and I had nobody, none of the other girls with me to, like, go up. I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing this. And then finally the girls come back from the washroom. And I'm like, they want us to dance. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they want us to dance. The teacher turns around again and he's like, you have to go up. This is why you're here. So we're like, you know what, let's just do this. But be, you have to keep in mind, this is like a traditional village. We're clothed, like our faces are like basically covered. How do we dance? I only know how to get down, shake my butt. What am I supposed to do? So we're just like, we're up there, we're kind of like swaying back and forth to the drums. And then we're like, you know what, screw this. And we just started going for it and just like dancing how we normally would back home and they loved it. So much so that they told us to go and dance for the ladies who loved it even more. They loved like the provocative dancing. <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. That was Kristen Sarah with Dancing for an Indian King. That's so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. I absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a long one, but it... Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was absolutely great. It was a great memory. That's for sure. <laughs> That's so I've actually, good. I've actually reenacted um, that story on my YouTube channel. I've played all the characters involved in the story. I just dressed up as all the different characters and uh, reenacted that whole <laughs> no way so we're gonna have to put a link to that in the show notes man oh, if you guys want to see that go check out the link in the show notes it'll take you right there man i'm gonna check that out right after we finish this recording man that's so awesome. funny. <laughs> that's great i think i love of all of the western culture you could have brought to india <laughs> provocative <laughs> yeah, dancing I know, right <laughs> i mean it was like respectful provocative dancing like we we were still fully clothed in like four layers of clothing but we just we didn't know how else to do it so we just started having fun and they loved it so and the ladies even more so <laughs> that's so funny i'd love to think that if you go back there now and just look through the window they're all dancing like that i know right <laughs> i'd love to think that yeah, they love it. 
<laughs> that's great. That's great. Now, what I do love about that as well is you mentioned about um, about yeah, let's go to let's go to a drum class, and your initial reaction was just like yeah, let's do it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> drum of class, course. of course. And that's something I I talk about all the time about saying yes to things and saying yes and figuring it out later. You know, maybe maybe it's a bad idea, maybe it's a good idea. Who knows? Let's just do it. Let's just say yes and find out exactly what happens. Is this something that you do a lot? Do you do it often? Oh yeah. I, I believe in spontaneous travel and also not planning too much, um, when it comes to your travels to leave opportunities like that open to take, because that's when the real magic happens. Those are like, when I think to, back to all of my amazing travel stories, it's when I like nothing I could have planned. It's just when I said yes, went with my gut feeling, of course. Um, that everything would be okay and I'd be safe and with the right people. Um, but those are the best stories. Absolutely. That is, that is always how it happens because as soon as someone offers you to go somewhere or to do something or to see something or whatever, then it kind of, it's opening a door and it's just up to you to go, uh, I'm kind of happy in this room for a little while or, I'm going to go through and see what's out there, you know, and see yeah. what's through this door. And I hate that feeling. I've had it one time before when I was offered something and I had to say no. And that feeling of, I guess, regret, would you say regret? It's like, I don't know, man, I really don't like that feeling. You know, I want to avoid no, that. No, you don't cost. want to miss out. It's the FOMO feeling, right? That's exactly. You don't want to miss out. Even though you don't really know what you're going to miss out on, it's just, it's, it's good to say yes as much as you can, I <laughs> think. That's the worst part of it. That's the worst part of it, not knowing what what you're missing out on because in your head it could be it could be massive it could and, and in real life it could have been absolutely massive and that kind of that not knowing man i can't live with that you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like so much worse than if you if you say yes to something go and do it and it turns out not to be that good like yeah. at least then you know you know yeah exactly it's completely the not knowing you know and so I'd like to turn our attention to your YouTube channel. Man, this is obviously how I how I know you through. How I know you through? Is that a sentence that makes sense? Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll I go get it. it. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of English, so it works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is kind of, I'm going to say it again, this is how I know you through. That doesn't sound right, but we'll go with it. And so, it, like I say, so much fun, and I love your videos. And if, en if any of our listeners, if you guys haven't checked out this YouTube channel, you want to go check it out. We'll put a link to the show link in the show notes to the channel so what kind of things for our listeners that haven't checked it out yet what kind of things do you mainly focus on when it comes to travel um when it comes to travel i love to show the adventurous side of travel um i especially when it comes to like adventurous outdoor sports um getting off the beaten path as well uh also food adventures i love food and i think Eating a way through a, a country is a great way to experience a new country, a new culture. Um, so I'm all about that. And um, then I also, like on my channel, I give travel tips and advice for everyone. I think I know through experience that travel is for everybody. You don't have to be rich um, to travel. And I like to give tips for every lifestyle and every budget. Mm, absolutely, man. And there's a uh, there's a video recently about traveling whilst being vegan. Tips for that. Now you've been vegetarian yeah. four years now, is it? Yes, well, six years because I was in India, and that's what turned me. Yeah, uh, that's what turned me into a vegetarian. No way. So were you like in yeah. the in the north or something where it's like you know I know there's a couple of vegetarian states and uh, and I don't yeah. it's not really cities but a couple of states and places there. Is that was that the turning point? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was mostly in Rishikesh. I spent like two and a half months there, which is in the what north. What a place! What a place! I love love it there. Love it. Um, for, for you keen listeners, that's where my story, season two, episode eleven. That's where that takes place. Man, how good is Rishikesh? I love Rishikesh. That's like it has a very special spot in my heart for sure. Um, that's actually where I got engaged too, which is cool. But oh, I, I had a, a huge transformational experience there and the people I met and it's just, it's a special place. It has a certain energy to it. that's hard to explain unless you go and experience it yourself. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know that exact yeah. feeling. It's like you're beaming it into my brain. I know the exact yeah. feeling. I want to know whereabouts in Rishikesh did you, did you get engaged? Um, I was in... Um, so it was Ramjula and Laksh- Lakshmanjula. Lakshmanjula, yeah. Uh, and I was staying at a place called Om Hotel. We were there for like 36 days, I think we stayed at that place. Nice. Um, yeah, kind of like in the, the, the area, there's like a little bit more action and restaurants and stuff. But I've stayed in different places in, in Rishikesh on both sides. Mm. I absolutely loved it. Man, it's one of my favorite places in the entire world. It's just, Me too. There's just totally. a feeling about it, man. And, well, you've said it before. I, I don't know. I, I often come across this, especially actually when talking about India, but it's so hard to put into words. And I always say making rudimentary sounds with your face does no justice <laughs> to the place at all. You know? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You got you got to. There's only so much I can say. Um, I talk about India a lot, and people who've been following me for a while know how much I'm obsessed with it. But you you know what I'm talking about exactly in my videos and my blog posts when you actually go and experience it. Then you're like, oh, I've had people go, I totally get it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. It really is one of those places where you've really got to go there and smell the smells and see the sights and hear the yeah. sounds and, and talk with the locals. That is, man, it is the, it, it's probably my number one place that if someone was like, where should I go? That maybe I'd say, in, I'd say Rishikesh, maybe, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, it, but you have to keep an open mind. That's for people who are, have an open mind and, uh, don't mind roughing it a little bit as well. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So when you travel, do you do you rough it a lot? Is that your your preferred yeah. kind of style? Um, I don't, I wouldn't really say it's my preferred. My preferred is to be in nature as much as possible, mm. and and also be surrounded by wildlife. Um, so whether that's in a luxurious treehouse, which I would absolutely say yes to, or I'm camping, like I I love it. I love. I love that atmosphere. Um, but I've been, I've, I've stayed in, slept on a piece of wood in the middle of the Malaysian jungle soaking wet. And I've also stayed in like a five star ridiculous, like tree fort in Seychelles. So I've done both sides of the spectrum and I enjoy them both a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm also very open minded. I just kind of take it every experience as it comes. I, I love it both. I think it's important if you're roughing it for a while to treat yourself and stay somewhere extra nice. Absolutely. That's a quote from <laughs> Mr. Rolf Putz. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is it? Well, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. I, I trust what he says. Maybe but he I stole it from you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think the other way around is important too. Like if you're staying in luxury places all the time, I think it's important to rough it a bit so you appreciate the, like that luxury more. It's like I'm talking, like that's literally the end of his quote. It's also... Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's so funny. It's true though. It's totally true. <laughs> yeah, he's coming on the show in um, uh, next month, I think. And uh, when he comes on, if he says that, I'm like, dude, you stole that from Kristen Sarah, man. <laughs> Do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> He'll be like, right, this interview is over. <laughs> 
That's great. So as well as the YouTube channel, you've also got Hopscotch the Globe, which is one of the coolest names that I've heard. And it totally sums up what's going on, man. It's got the fun aspect. It, I love that name, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm glad it's, it's like I came up with it years ago. Um, I think it was like I started the blog six years ago, but I even had the name before that. I would say even nine, ten years. And I'm glad it stuck because I know a lot of people who've come up with blog names don't like their name anymore or wanted to change. And I, I like, I'm, I'm happy with mine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Like when I was coming up with the name for this show, I'm like, right, it's a, it's a podcast about travel stories. I've got to think of a name. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. Got it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I stuck with Travel Stories Podcast. I thought, well, you know, it kind of works. It's very straightforward. Right? <laughs> it kind of works. Now, another thing I want to talk about, you've got a course going on right now. Can you tell us more mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, it is a course on how to make a living making travel videos, traveling the world and making videos, doing exactly what I'm doing. Uh, I teamed up with Matt of Nomadic Matt and Nadine of Hey Nadine, um, two incredibly talented creators in the travel um, travel world. And we created this e-course uh, that teaches people how to do exactly what we're doing. Whether you want to do it as a hobby or a career, it's geared more to people who want to make this like a living. Uh, we have everything in there. And Nadine and I created the course. Matt's doing like the marketing side. But Nadine and I have been doing this for like, like six years. Um, and we have done a lot of trial and error, include everything you need to know and all the stuff we've learned that have made us successful to do this full time. We include everything in that course. That's so cool. And what a team as well. The three of you working together. How cool is that? Yeah, it's it's a really good team um, of people who've been doing this. Like We've all been doing this for a while and we're good at it and we're successful. And now we're teaching um, other people who really want to make a living out of this um, and want to work hard and do what we're doing. We're, we're kind of giving them a kickstart. Uh, so you can, you can check that out at superstarblogging.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll get a link to that in the show notes as well. If you guys want to sure. check out the show notes for this episode, it's travelstoriespodcast.com and it'll be the episode just right up the top there. That's awesome. I'm, I might actually check that out myself. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's, it's really good. I'm, ha I'm really proud of it. It took us a while to put together. A lot of thought went into it. We like it's perfect professionally um filmed everything we rented a studio and did all the all the, the each episode there and there's a lot of expert interviews as well with different influencers uh, or video creators mm, that's so um, cool so there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of effort there's a lot of time been put into oh, it yeah that's so yeah. cool and the resource page is like gold <laughs> yeah no way that's awesome so you guys have yeah. to go check that out check it out in the show notes that's awesome now this has been so much fun but there's one thing i want to talk about just before we go sure. i want to i want to head back around to the new the new kind of the new lifestyle the new home that you've got going mm -hmm. on the new changes man how excited are you right now i am so so excited to be living in an Airstream as soon as it's done right now. So, so what we did is, so my husband and I, we bought off of uh, Kijiji, which is like a Craigslist in Canada, uh, a 1976 Southern Airstream. And we are gutting, we gutted it and now we're getting it kind of fixed up a little bit. Um, an expert's doing that, like the framing and underbelly and such. And then we are, my, uh, Sia and I, um, we're going to be, doing all of the building and the design inside. Um, I have a little bit of experience with renovations. Uh, I, I worked on a Mike home show and, but 
I mean, I'm still beginner. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> Trial um, by once fire. it's done, I'm so excited. We're going to be uh, traveling across Canada for the 150th birthday, which is next year, um, and and exploring our own country and just living the airstream lifestyle. Nice. That is so cool. And that's that's a dream for so many people. And for me too, whenever I see like an abandoned old bus or something, it's like, man, if I had my hands on that, you know. Yeah. It's <laughs> what it's type of things are you doing on the on the inside of it? Like what are you what are your some awesome ideas that you've had? Like, you know, oh, we should do this. You know, what type of things have you got in mind for the inside? Well, it's thirty one feet, so it's a it's a pretty large airstream. Um which is great. We'll have two beds. So two, like, I'm not sure if we can do a double or queen size yet on, on both sides. And it's all really about like that bed has to be able to turn into storage, which also has to turn into a table and like benches. So we have to like think of basically making this thing a transformer <laughs> and how we can do that and creating like pantries and a lot of storage space, but also making it look like it's not cluttered at all. So mm. we've had to get rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. It's kind of like the uh, those uh, those houses that people have, and they've got so much storage. You just open this out, and oh, this is this is more storage, and then that packs away. Yeah. And so, I bet you're watching like tons of YouTube videos and all that stuff, right? Oh yeah, and Pinterest has been great. Um, and then we're just gonna incorporate. Well, we both have this, a similar style, so it's gonna be like a bohemi, bo boho chic kind of look. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be very luxurious, <laughs> but outdoorsy looking. That's so cool. And if you guys want to check that out, you can head over, like I say, to the YouTube channel. It's up there in the show notes. That is so cool. Kristen, this has been so much fun chatting to you. Thank you. It's been great chatting with you as well. So much fun. Thanks very much for coming on. We should do this again sometime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> no worries. You have a good one. You too. Hey guys, in the spirit of being spontaneous, don't forget to send us a question for the end of season Q&A. Head to TravelStoriesPodcast.com, search Travel Stories Podcast on Facebook, or email me Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories Podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at TravelStoriesUK or online at TravelStoriesPodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.